There are reports linking the Houston Rockets to the Miami Heat, particularly in their pursuit of Christian Wood. We'll be talking about why that's a terrible idea upcoming in this episode. We'll also be giving you some predictions slash questions about upcoming games, as well as why the national coverage of the Miami Heat leaves a sour taste in my mouth. All of that and more coming up next. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. We had to post our recap following the Sunday's win over the Los Angeles Lakers, so we weren't able to do our usual Nostradam West segment. We'll be doing that later on the show with a few changes to the prediction slash process. So, of course, Wes will be offering his takes on the upcoming games and asking some big questions that a lot of Heat fans will be asking themselves. I'll be launching into my Tuesday tirade to make up for <laughs> Monday Madness. But we'll start off with the news coming out of The Athletic that the Miami Heat are interested or are hotly pursuing Christian Wood, a current member of the Houston Rockets, in a potential trade move here. This is a rather odd one, but this is what it says in the, uh, according to Kelly Iko of The Athletic, the same can be said of starting center Christian Wood. In this piece, he lists uh, several Houston rumors about Eric Gordon, uh, Daniel Tice, and others, but he starts off about Christian Wood. The 26-year-old has been subject to interest around the league, and sources say Miami has been one of the more persistent teams in engaging with Houston on the versatile big man. But barring a blow-me-away offer, Wood should remain in Houston past the deadline. Sources tell The Athletic he's averaging 17.5 points and a career-best 10.3 rebounds per game. Look, Wood, six foot 10, 26 years old, in the second year of a three-year deal with the Rockets, set to make 13.6 this year and 14.3 the next Already on his sixth NBA team, an interesting story. But Wes, when you sent me this rumor, it seemed like the most perplexing one possible. I don't think there's been any indication from the Heat that they would be interested in acquiring Christian Wood. What do you think? Is this a real possibility here? What's what's um, the fit for Wood, or why would he be on Miami's radar? Well, I think he's a name that I've seen some Heat fans throw around on Twitter, social media, and stuff. And I... Like at first blush, I kind of understand why. Mm. First of all, his contract at three point six million—that's an easy match. Uh, if you were going to try to move Duncan Robinson, for instance, at fifteen point six million this year, and you could yeah. still have some cap room underneath that, and you could presumably, uh, you know, promote Caleb Martin to the regular roster right away, uh, and, and whatever. So, um, I he would slot in at power forward. I guess he's a thirty-six percent three-point shooter this year, or something like that. Um, he's capable. He's played power forward in the past, even though he's primarily playing center right now for Houston. I could see why they would have interest in moving him. The Rockets would because they've got Alvarez Sangoon there, who looks like right. the real deal, and they probably want to get him more minutes. And so, you know, Christian Wood is young. He's 26, but he's not young like the Rockets are young. Like they're very young. They're building around a 20 year old in Jalen Green right now. Um, and so it makes a little bit of sense for them to. Maybe peruse the market, make Christian Wood available. And that's what this report to me is, David. It's just, it's, I have no doubt that Kelly Iko is 
you know, reporting something that Houston Rockets officials relayed to him. But it sounds right. to me like a very purposeful leak. And there are yep. a few reasons why. Because number one, they're obviously trying to get trade interest in Christian Wood moving. From uh, other reports, we're hearing that Eric Gordon is very hotly, uh, you know, one of the hot names on the trade market. And there, there's a, uh, you know, like I said, maybe a reason why they would try to move Christian Wood before the deadline. But um, I, I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of interest in Christian Wood. And one of the things with him, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, he has the reputation of being a little hard to coach maybe not being the hardest worker, some maturity concerns and things like that, reasons why Detroit decided not to bring him back and they kind of just signed and traded him to Houston. Uh, And I think if you're the Rockets and you want to sort of, you know, put the kibosh on those rumors or or, uh, uh, thoughts of Christian Wood, who's the best team to tie him to? Well, it would be Miami, right? Mm -hmm. And because Miami has a good judge of character. They, people respect the, the Heat's front office and they're like, well, if the Heat are interested, maybe we'll kick the right. tires on Christian Wood, right? Right. I think right. that is what – this is a very purposeful leak to me, right? I yep, haven't done any I reporting agree. on this. I haven't done any reporting on this, but I know how the sausage is made on this stuff. You do too. And this this is all that is to me. And then if you had any doubts about this being like a, 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 a strategic leak, that final uh, little line there, it'll take yeah. a blow-me-away offer to pry Christian Wood from Houston? Yeah. Get out yeah. of here. For it's Christian Wood, cross. you got to be blown away. Please, please get out of here with that. Away offer, yeah. Like I get out of here. Never heard. We've never heard any rumblings on any midseason trade that Miami has ever been interested in, whether it's Dwayne Wade, Goran or anything else. Like the link with Kyle has been years long, and even then, it was it fizzled before it actually happened. And of course, yes, it did happen. And one manifesting in free agency when Kyle actually had the ability to decide for himself what team he'd like to play for, why not play for the team that he's been linked to for a long, long time? But we've never heard of any possible rumors. We would never hear about any potential rumors from this Heat organization about who they'd want to acquire in a midseason trade. It just seems so completely fishy. Yeah, the blow-me-away offer. That was the the piece of resistance <laughs> there, buddy. That was the cherry on top. Is like, please send a number of draft picks. And you bring up a really good point that, again, this is a guy who three weeks ago was suspended for a game because of conduct detrimental to the team. But all of a sudden, Miami, who they know that they've always had a great culture and they believe in their guys. And if they target you, they're going to be able to straighten the ship out and get you to play your best, et cetera. All of a sudden, they are interested in acquiring Christian Wood. Well, hell, 29, 28 other teams would be wise to do the same, too. It's so... Right. It's, it is. And this really is how, ridiculous. like the G. This is how these trade calls work. Do I? I'm not saying that the Heat never asked Houston about. Oh, Christian of course, Wood, right. Sure. I I think you know the way that these things are done. This isn't the trade machine, right? This isn't uh, in real life. It's not how it works. Like a GM doesn't just call. Like the the Heat GM wouldn't call the Rockets GM and just be like Christian Wood for Duncan Robinson. Click. Does let's that do work? It. Like yeah, it does. Do like, right. Trade machine says good. Let's make this happen. There's. It's all green now. This is great. Right. Um. It, that's not how these things work. GMs talk to GMs. They make phone calls. It's very possible that Miami was interested in Eric Gordon, who is the hot Houston name. Right. And during that conversation, just was like, what do you guys think about Christian Wood? What would it take? Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. And they might have not ever made an offer. They may have just asked. And hey, this report could have been accurate. They might have been the only team that ever asked about Christian Wood. I'd be like, well, they've right. been in the hottest pursuit, and that would be accurate. Yeah. But uh, yeah. look, I just... It, I don't want to get too involved in this, but I do want to ask the question, David, because first of all, I don't think this ever happens. But hypothetically, the fit. I mean, yeah. 
is it worth thinking about? I mean, this would be, I remember when uh, Miami lost to the Cavaliers and everybody's like, we got to be more like the Cavaliers, da, 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 play three seven footers. Um, this would be kind of that. This would yeah. be uh, this would be their version of of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. It would be Bam Adebayo and, and Christian Wood. What do you think about it as a fit? I I don't think it, I just can't see it happening. Like you're sacrificing so many of the pieces that have gotten you to this point in the first place. It would like be Duncan Robinson, right? Yeah, you're you're sending Duncan there. Fine. Yeah. Let's assume that you're going to be able to get to the shooting that you want out of Max. Are you going to start Max? I, I mean, then if that's the case. You're benching PJ Tucker, who's yes. been arguably one of your most consistent players. Or uh, you know, or or you could do like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler at the two guard, PJ Tucker at the three, Christian Wood at the four, and Bam at the five. I hate that for the record, but that would be like for for heat for for the fans banging their tables saying we got to be more like the Cavaliers and supersize and we got to play two bigs at a time. That would be a way to supersize. That would be a way to just kind of do what the Cavaliers are doing, but arguably better. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I just can't imagine that's a either. possibility. And look, I mean, we don't even know if the Cavs are a realistic playoff contender. Like, it looks like they're a great team. And yeah, it's great that they're having, you know, Kevin Love come off the bench and have a resurgence in his career and everything else like that. But you don't trade away one of your your best shooters, one of the best shooters in the league, despite what the numbers show this year, just for a guy that you're going to plug in now at midseason with arguable defense. Yeah, he blocks shots. Somebody has to, and he's six foot ten with hops. He can do it. Is he a great switchable defender? I don't see that. I don't it's think a lot he's of a, guy. it's a lot of Hassan Whiteside vibes there. Hey, you said it not me, but yeah, hey, look, hey, I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm glad you put it out there. Uh, look, I, I just can't imagine if you argue say, well, you're getting some shooting from him. Are you designing plays for Christian Wood as your fifth option offensively or your fourth if you have P.J. Tucker out there? Like, is he going to be happy right. with that? I mean, is he going to fit into the culture in midseason and be well, like, oh. He wouldn't even fit in the offense. Forget the culture. It doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah. I, I wrote about this on my Substack, but like, I, I have the shooting charts there. Christian Wood occupies the middle of the floor. Well, oh, he could space the floor. He doesn't shoot from the corners. That's not what Christian Wood does. You know who does shoot from the corners? P.J. Tucker. And he's shooting like 120% from the corners this year. It's insane. That's he doesn't miss. It's, yeah. And if you, like, you want Bam Adebayo occupying the middle of the floor so we can playmake and he can, you know, get those direct drives to the basket. He can be involved in screen and rolls and stuff. You don't want right. Christian Wood clogging the paint for Bam, who you are building around, not even to mention Jimmy Butler, who also needs to be in the paint. It makes no sense at all. Give up on it. doesn't make any sense. And like I said, I don't buy this report. I don't buy it as a real thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. It's worth talking about because it's a rumor yes. and it's a name and everything else. And I understand how fans work, especially as they're leading up to the trade deadline. So there's a lot of interest in the potential moves and whether or not this team is one move away. But after seeing how Duncan thrived against the Lakers and one of the most potent offensive displays that this team has shown, and knowing that you're without a starter in Kyle Lowry and you're arguably your best bucket getter in Tyler Hero that you've been out for a number of games. And guess what? You're first in the Eastern Conference standings. I just can't see the reason why they'd say, you know what, this is the move to get a mid-level player that could potentially be an upgrade in some regards and a downgrade in others. It's just it's, it's the exact opposite of what Miami has historically done in terms of any kind of moves. If they're going to make a move, it's going to be for a sheer, a surefire upgrade at, at, at a position of need. And right now, Miami just doesn't have a position of need. So, I mean, I'm glad that we're talking about it but I'm also ready to move on from it. That's right. Maybe Eric Gordon, maybe that's the name. That's, I mean, that's a possibility. And I, and I like that you mentioned the fact that, look, this is how front offices operate. We know that Miami's done deals with Houston in the past with Raphael Stone. 
a Rockets general manager where they traded Kelly Olenek there for Victor Oladipo. So there is a history there. And that's how those relationships manifest in upcoming trades and future trades. It's like, look, I, I'm comfortable working with this guy. I know how to talk to them. I know what they're interested in. We can kind of hash it out slowly over the course of the season. It's not that one phone call that takes place. And like you said, the trade deadline, it says, good, you go ahead and pull the trigger. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Maybe you're trying to kind of figure out what they want. And then in the, and as a result, you kind of say, you know what? We won't take wood off your hands, but we will take Eric Gordon. And if that's the case, we've talked about this in, an up, in a future, in a past episode, excuse me, where we talked about Gordon as a fit on Miami. And I think it's a, it makes a lot more sense in terms of what he can provide than what Christian Wood can provide in terms of replacing Duncan Robinson in the starting lineup. But anyway, go back go back and see that episode if you want our takes on the, uh, Eric Gordon and other potential trade options because that was a good kind of primer for the trade deadline, which we'll be getting into much more over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for all of our coverage of any potential trades uh, leaning up to the trade deadline. But for now, we'll move on and we'll have some takes from Nostradamus in the next segment. And I'll launch into my Tuesday tirade about the national coverage of the Miami Heat. But just a reminder, you've probably been hearing me talk about prize picks for months. And if you haven't signed up yet, now is the perfect time because for a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get a $50, $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use the code NBA. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize picks offer any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, etc. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So go to prizepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your prize picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. It is time for Nostradamus. We are going to look into the future and make some predictions for the Miami Heat this week. Make sure to make Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And also remember to pay attention for our alerts on the live NBA draft show that we have coming up on the deadline. The Locked On Podcast Network will be going live from 2 to 4 o'clock on deadline day, uh, bringing you the latest uh, news and opinions and takes from around the league. All right, let's get into Mr. the predictions Wood. here. Um, so the Heat, have play, they played three games this week, Wednesday against the Knicks, Friday against the Clippers, Saturday against Toronto. Uh, mm. All those games are at home. But first, mm. we got to look ahead because the Heat are without Tyler Hero. They're with, they've mm. been without Kyle Lowry. Um, they've been without Markeith Morris. And we are starting to see some signs that Markeith Morris could be returning relatively soon. He's been warming up. He's been tweeting about it. Kyle Lowry out for personal reasons, mysteriously so. We don't really know what the timeline for him coming back is. And Tyler Hero should clear protocols uh, by Wednesday night's game against the Knicks, but there's no telling whether or not that will happen. So the first kind of thing we want to look at is who's going to play more games this week for the Heat, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, 
or Markeith Morris. I do think Hero clears protocols. He's vaccinated, all these things. And I think he'll be back Wednesday night against the Knicks. The big question is whether or not Lowry is. Yeah, we have no inkling as to what the timeline is for Kyle's return. And it kind of took all of us by surprise. Eric Spolster has been asked about it and uh, not clear, uh, not giving any kind of information. And really, like, let's be honest, if, if you want to in- include it under the umbrella of personal reasons, it's really none of our business. Who knows what it could be? It could be something family related. Hopefully mm-hmm. Kyle is fine. Hopefully his family's fine. And if that's the case, you know, it's not any of our business as much as we are at media and fans and we want to know exactly what's going on with the players that we follow. Uh, we don't know when he'll be back and hopefully he'll be back at 100% sometime soon. But to your question, I think that Tyler uh, will probably wind up playing more than Kyle at some point this week. Yeah, I agree. I think Tyler Hero is back by the Knicks. Uh, and as long as he doesn't get hurt again um, or doesn't get hurt at all, he'll play all three games and they can use him because... Um, he was big in these games um, before he got hurt, and he was very important against Toronto's length the last time that these teams played. And I, you, we saw a little bit of when Miami missed Tyler Hero against the Lakers in that fourth quarter when they had that scoring drought. They kind of just needed that guy who could just go out and get you a bucket and not really rely on the flow of the offense. Tyler Hero is that guy. I think yeah. to a certain extent Jimmy Butler is that guy too, but Jimmy Butler is just naturally a little bit unselfish, and sometimes I think he can get stuck that way. Um, unless he really decides to, he wants to turn it on. And with Tyler Hero, he's sort of always in that mode. Not to say that he's not a playmaker and he's, he's selfish, but he, he's always in the mode of score first. And I think yeah. he need that player. Um, yeah. So looking ahead to this week, what do we think their record will be? Again, the Knicks, they kind of stink. The Clippers, they're unhealthy. Toronto is a little inconsistent, but they've been playing well, and they battled Miami pretty well the other night. Um, yeah. And they kept... And and Miami was bought. They they won that game the last time they played. Uh, you know a week ago, but right. Miami struggled with Toronto's length. They they held Miami to twenty four three point attempts in that game. They made just nine of them. Do we think that the Heat uh, can battle Toronto's length? Do we think that they could figure out and maybe uh, find a counter to Toronto's length? Yeah, if they sign Christian Wood, right? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> realistically, yeah, I think the answer is pretty clear that Miami can't figure it out. Uh, they were able to – look, Toronto, a team that likes to push the pace. They get out in transition. They got a lot of their buckets that way. They challenged Miami in terms of their overall game speed. Uh, their length certainly was a problem. You got Pascal Siakam. You've got, uh, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Scotty Barnes. So there's a, a lot to, in Toronto's favor I just like the way Miami is playing of late. They, they continue to find a way to win, even against good teams. Uh, you know, seven and three over the last ten games, despite missing Jimmy Butler, despite missing Kyle Lowry, despite missing everybody, they've just continued to find a way to win. So I, I like their chances against Toronto. If there's a team that they might slip up against, it's it's the Clippers. I, I know the Clippers. Arguably, I don't know if they're the worst team of those three. Uh, I think Paul George is still out with injury too, right? So, uh, we'll you see know, what happens they, by Friday, but yeah, yeah. There's always they're always an X factor, right? Uh, Nick Batum, big shot, or a Reggie Jackson, big game, or something. Eric along Bledsoe those lines. scored 21 against the Heat the last time he's played. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They they have these weird players. Like who knows? It right. could be like Terrence Mann that just scores 30 on. Oh. Please, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the random scrub Heat killer, right? Yeah. That would knock off Miami's chances. Otherwise, look, the Knicks. I'm not really concerned about them or their style of play. I think Miami can beat them fairly handily, especially at home. I like a three and zero record, but two and one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think three and zero seems pretty well. Yeah. I'm going two and one. I just think you you have a back to back here. You play the Clippers Friday. You play Toronto Saturday. I'm kind of with you. The Clippers are the weird team there. 
They're kind of the wild card. I think they handle their business against the Knicks. I think they, because they played, Toronto is a good team and they're really well coached. It's hard to beat a well coached, talented team twice. So that's my concern with Toronto if you're the Miami Heat. Uh, But the Clippers are a little bit of a wild card too. Like even one and two wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me just because I don't know. I don't know why the Clippers freak me out, but they do. Uh, But I'm going two (laughs) and one. I'm going two and one. All right. Final big question for the week. The All-Star starters will be announced on Thursday when fan voting uh, closes. So for a reminder for people who don't know, maybe it's it's a portion of the fan vote, which you've been seeing the returns for the last three weeks. Also, the media vote and also the players vote make up the other 50 percent of that vote. So it doesn't necessarily reflect just the fan vote. OK, so Nostradam West's predictions for the West the Western Conference starters. I think Steph and John Morant start in the backcourt, and then I think it's LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and I do think the media and the players get Rudy Gobert in there um, for that other frontcourt spot. I just don't see Andrew Wiggins hanging on once once the vote's taken out of the fans' hands there. In the Eastern Conference, well, before I move on to the East, are you, are you good with that, David, in the West? Yeah, with the West, I, I can't imagine, I mean, maybe Luka gets a big push there to supplant over John Morant. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. I mean, yeah, Steph's been struggling, it. but he's so far ahead that at this point it seems like a lock there. So no real uh, reason. Yeah. Like I, I think if Luca were to get in there, I'd be like, all right, yeah, it's Luca. He deserves it. But no real reason to be like he definitely deserves it over Ja. I think it can go either way, and I think Ja has the lead right now. So you just I, I think he he slots in there. Do you think Rudy would get it over, say, Draymond? Because I know that Draymond has a lot of the respect of the coaches around the league, and he's a more leading vote getter at this point as well. Well, it's it. I don't know. I've been reading like the media people, you know, yeah. everybody will publish their all-star team sure, sure. and everybody's putting Gobert over Draymond yeah. and Draymond's been out and Draymond's yeah. been out and that could be the, the nail for him. Let's okay. move to the Eastern conference. Let's predict our starters. <laughs> I think it's Trey young. and I think it's DeMar DeRozan in the backcourt. And I know that there's been a recent push for James Harden, especially with Durant out and Kyrie Irving being part-time. I yeah. still think it's Trey Young who gets it. I, first of all, he's got a ton of votes, more, yeah. way more than James Harden does. And even if the media or the players want Harden over Trey Young, and I could see the players siding with Harden over Trey Young, it's sort of like a pick your poison. But just because right. Harden has the experience, I could see them going that way. Uh, right. The players will definitely come out and vote for DeRozan. He's got a ton of respect in the NBA among amongst his peers. So DeRozan's a lock to me. That's fair. Yeah. And then I think it's Trey Young, James Harden, or Zach Levine. I'm not saying no. Levine doesn't deserve it, but I do think people will be a little skittish to vote two Bulls players in that backcourt. Yeah. So it's yeah. Trey Young, it's James Harden to me. I think Trey Young gets it. Um, okay. In this is where it gets interesting in the front court here. I think Kevin Durant's still a shoe in. He's got a ton of votes. He's not getting voted out. I know he's injured. We'll touch on that in a minute. But I still think he gets voted in as a starter. Giannis, obviously, Joel Embiid, no doubt. I mean, those are three MVP candidates. Forget about All Star starters. Right. Here's the weird thing. Kevin Durant's hurt. He's going to be voted in as maybe even a captain in the Eastern Conference for the second year in a row and not be able to play in the All-Star game because of an injury. Mm-hmm. Who fills in for Kevin Durant, right? Because there's a few names that are out there. Jason Tatum's getting a bunch of votes, but also Jimmy Butler's right there. He plays the position. Do we think Jimmy Butler could potentially get the starting nod in the All-Star game for a replacement of uh, Kevin Durant? I think so. I, I think, I mean, 
I, I know that the All-Star game is somewhat of a fun experience and everything else, and you want the guy who's more likely to be a top scorer. Jimmy's last performance in Chicago a couple of years ago wasn't great offensively. He's just not a bucket getter, and certainly Tatum provides that aspect of it. But coaches tend to gravitate towards guys that don't phone it in, and I don't think that Tatum has that reputation quite yet. I think there's a, some that maybe he takes games off or maybe he's not fully invested or engaged and things of that sort. And given that, I think, of those two, it seems more likely that coaches would skew towards Jimmy Butler and his all-around game. And I mean, yeah. consider the drama of playing against for, or playing with former teammate Joel Embiid in that front court and noted arch rival Giannis Antetokounmpo, who they faced twice in the playoffs over the last couple of seasons. That's a, a big, juicy storyline right there. I, I mean, Eric Spolster would certainly have his choice, right? Is it voted by all coaches or just the coaches. top coach? Okay, so I believe it's uh, all coaches, and yeah, I believe it's all coaches, but. Eric Spolster will definitely have some sway. The other thing, too, is the Heat are not going to have an all-star starter, and I don't think you could argue that they should, given those mm -hmm. five names. Mm -hmm. But if they're the number one team in the East, that is a really good way to sort of shoehorn a Miami Heat player into that starting lineup. And I would say, I would think that most people would say, you know what, somebody on the Heat deserves to be in that starting lineup more than somebody on the Boston Celtics who have been disappointing this year. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I wonder, though, if even if he was... Elected to start, I wonder if uh, Jimmy would suddenly develop a, a nagging ankle injury at some point right before the All-Star break or something like that so he could take time off. I could, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next segment. We're going to talk about whether or not the Miami Heat are getting their due respect on a national media level coming up next. Yeah, but first, a reminder that Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022, a new year, and a new updated desktop and a mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, hockey to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked on. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and as always leave a review. We got so much great feedback constantly on our YouTube channel. We appreciate everybody who takes the time to write in and let us know what they think of the show. Please keep it up. And as always, you can leave comments and reviews on Spotify or in iTunes as well. So, And just make sure you subscribe to get the best content available, especially as the Heat are leading up to the NBA trade deadline. I know a lot of fans are interested in what potential moves could be made, but I know what they're not interested in. And that's the coverage of the of Miami Heat around the NBA and from national media outlets. Look, this is uh, our Tuesday tirade section after Monday Madness was postponed due to the Lakers recap. It's time for me to kind of launch into it. I know you don't want to start off your week with some angry man telling you what to do or what to think. But at the same time, I got to tell you, I'm a little pissed off about the way that the Heat have been covered around the national media. Now, this is a, somewhat atypical of me because the reality is that I've kind of been brainwashed or programmed after years of following the Miami Heat not to want any kind of personal accolades. It's all about the team, etc. And so you don't necessarily want that kind of attention. You also like Miami as the underdog, right? Or at least the perceived underdog because they're flying below the radar and everything else like that. But you're covering all this crappy storylines on ESPN's 
front page there they, they, on ESPN's pro, you know, programming. They don't talk about the Heat. Everything they've had to overcome, all the injuries they've had to go through this year, the fact that they've been missing so many key players, and that they are number one in the Eastern Conference. What the hell is going on? What's <laughs> what's it what's it going to take for you to pay some attention to what Miami has been doing here? This is a team that was getting all its attention right when you trade for Kyle Lowry during or sign him as a free agent. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh, Miami, Miami's making moves," and then the season actually takes place and all of a sudden Miami's an afterthought what the hell is going on what what am I missing here West because to be honest with you I just can't see exactly why it is that they're kind of overlooking this heat I know that they've been kind of slowly steadily climbing up the power rankings here at the athletic at ESPN etc none of that matters Pay some attention to what's going on. You've got these great players. You've got all these undrafted players. You've got all these players like Omer Yerdsevin who continue to find ways to produce even when starters are out. You've got starters that come in and immediately find a way to put up all these big numbers. And somehow you want to cover the Los Angeles Lakers and Frank Vogel? Who cares? It's the Lakers. Who cares about them? They're not going anywhere. The Heat are going to win the title. Start talking about them the way they deserve. <laughs> well, I like your little Nostradamus prediction in there that you just kind of put uh, slipped right in there. But... Uh, look, I understand why you would talk about the Lakers. I, I yeah. they're dysfunctional the and, and dysfunction yeah. is, but they talk about the Lakers twenty four seven. It is all the time. And look, I understand why you would talk about Golden State because they have Steph Curry and behind LeBron James, nobody sells more than Steph Curry. Uh, and the Warriors have been getting a lot of shine. Hey, the Warriors are back. The Warriors are back. The Memphis right. Grizzlies have been getting a lot of shine. Look at them ascending. Uh, John Morant, superstar, and all this stuff. And I think that's when you look at the, the Golden State story and the Memphis story, I think that's maybe what Miami is missing. And look, we don't have enough time to talk about really the deepest version of this topic uh, on, mm. the, on today's episode. But uh, maybe it's worth doing another episode on, David. But the Heat don't really have that superstar. I think they have a player just as talented in Jimmy Butler. But he doesn't, mm. for whatever reason, is not the household name the way that Steph is. Well, for Steph, you understand. But um but like John Morant is becoming a household name in, in year three and I just wonder why it is it Jimmy Butler because he's pinged around some different cities um Miami is certainly a, a a big market much bigger than than Memphis and so I wonder you know you see all this stuff going on with Memphis you see a lot of stories of Cleveland um with sort of the rise Chicago is also mm -hmm. getting a lot of play and you understand like okay Chicago's a really big market Miami's a mm -hmm. big market but Chicago's bigger and you would sure. understand with, you know, Michael Jordan and everything like they're an historic franchise. And they've been getting a lot of shine, too, on, on on national outlets. But they don't really have that star the same way that just like the Heat do. They don't really have that star. Uh, so I don't think it could just be tied to stars. I know Mark Spears from ESPN came out and, and, and was saying on another uh, local podcast about how, hey, you know, look at the top 15 in jersey sales. I don't see a Bulls player in the top 15 in jersey sales unless you count Michael Jordan. I don't see a Bulls player in the top 15 in jersey sales. I don't know why they're not being talked about more. It's kind of bewildering to me. I've actually been sort of waiting for the big, like, Miami Heat takeout. Uh, but you and I are around the team. There's no national media flying in. There's right. nobody covering the team right. from ESPN. They don't have a right. representative here. Right. And so, and the Athletic is the other national. They're the second biggest, you know, them. They don't have anybody down here. Fox Sports doesn't have anybody down here. There's nobody here. It's only the local outlets. And nobody's, and, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and why nobody's flying in. I understand why people might be scared of Florida. I like, I get it, but uh, you could still get on the phone. You could still do stuff, and you can at least talk about it. It's not like you have people on NBA Live or whatever their show is called now, you know, yeah. doing real reporting. Just have Kendrick Perkins do ten minutes blabbering on about the Miami. Yeah. Let him do it. Just Damn somebody good. talk about it. 
and nobody's Miami, talking about right? it. Yeah, yeah. Look, my my two word response to that is: you want the excitement of a John Morant, etc. Tyler Hero. That's a designated. He's got star hitter. quality. Yeah, everything you want. I mean, he's he's a young player. He's got years of potential as an all star. So right now, he and John Moran have as many all star appearances, right? And so, why not focus on what Tyler can do? He's a good story, a Kentucky player, etc. He's put up big numbers. One of those two players has been to the NBA Finals, and it's not the guy with the big hair playing in Memphis. It's Tyler Hero, and so. it's not even like you have to sack. Like, there's plenty of programming to go around. You could still talk about Memphis and Cleveland. Those are all great Shoot. stories. Don't get me wrong. There are, don't, I love watching Cleveland. I love watching Memphis. Talk about sure. them. But it's strange to me that Miami is sort of being treated as this, oh, that's cute. Like, way to go, right. guys. Like, this right. isn't an oh, that's cute franchise. They were in the finals two years yeah. ago. They're not a Cinderella they were in the finals two years ago. This isn't yeah. new. This is a, this is, if you're going to talk about Golden State being back, the Heat were in the finals more recently than the Warriors were. And I, I would I would think that the coverage wouldn't be like the one with Memphis, where it's a little bit like, oh, that's cute. Should we take them seriously? The conversation around Miami should be the same around the Warriors in that, hey, they had a bound, they had a down year, but don't let that sway you. This team is back. This team is a legit contender. And you look, you look at the ESPN power rankings and the athletic ones and the NBA.com power rankings, they all have the heat in the top four or five, and they have for a while. They're, so. they're being considered serious contenders by the writers, by the people who are paid to actually watch these games. But when you get to the talking heads on ESPN or whatever, you're just not seeing them being talked about as much. There's no big features being done on Miami on a national level. And it's a little it's a little disappointing. And it's not disappointing to me as a fan. I really don't care. Uh, I'm not the guy that's sitting around like, hey, why don't you talk about my team more? To me, it's disappointing as a sports writer, as a journalist, right. who thinks that you should be covering all of these bases. And it's just, to me, lazy. To me, yeah. it's, it's just the, the, the national media being lazy. And that I don't have patience for. No, I agree 100%. And look, as an aside here, if you're going to talk about the heat and everything they've been able to accomplish this year, can you not use the context of the bubble fluke as a, a kind of barometer for where this team is? They were able to do what no other team could do, aside from the Los Angeles Lakers, which is beat everybody else. There is no bubble fluke. Those were the most adverse, difficult conditions possible. You had players and teams that were dropping out of the bubble because they couldn't handle it. This was not a fluke. If anything, they were able to do things that no other team was capable of. They were able to reach the pinnacle of that NBA season. And if not for injuries to Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, as I've said many, many times before, they would have been the NBA champions. That's not – look, and I don't even want the bubble talk being used to describe Anthony Davis or the Los Angeles Lakers or anybody else. They were able to accomplish something. They were able to go deep into the yeah. playoffs, et cetera. Miami was able to – yeah, absolutely. They had the, the mental – the, the strength to be able to right. deal with those conditions of the but you know who do, when we're talking about the Lakers and maybe it's just all the dysfunction and because it's a completely different team now than it was in 2019 sure. but nobody talks about the bubble with the Lakers right. nobody talks about the right. bubble with the Lakers and that's why again, what is that what is it it's lazy you're using yeah. a two-year-old narrative right that's right, right, lazy right. Right. And, and I think they showed a statistic recently, like of all those teams, like the Nuggets have lost a bunch of games. And yes, that's a lot uh, related to Jamal Murray. The Celtics certainly haven't been good since the finals. The Lakers have had their ups and downs, mostly downs. 
And yet somehow Miami is the only team that was a bubble fluke because they were able to accomplish. Nobody else puts that label on any of those three other teams, despite the fact that Miami was able to go as far as they were, that they came from out of nowhere. Maybe it's because you just weren't doing your job and reporting and seeing what this team was capable of doing on a nightly basis, just like they are now. Get on the bandwagon, folks, because if not, you're going to be too little too late, and then you're going to look stupid in the process. But anyway, thank you so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. So make sure to subscribe to get the best coverage available. Make sure to also check out your one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, an expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. This is David Ramil angrily signing off for now. Thanks for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.